0: Hello and welcome to the Lisa Lu show little preview of what we're going to be covering today. So it'll be a pretty short episode, but I wanted to give you two separate subjects. First of all, this first thing we're going to cover is a method that is going to help you sleep better. I did not come up with this method. I will give credit where credit is due and tell you all about where to find out more about it. But this is a pretty simple thing. At the same time, it may take a little bit of practice if you're not used to it, but I think you're going to find it really valuable. Number two what on earth is going on with pink Himalayan sea salt? This is always, this is supposed to be healthy, right? Have you been using pink Himalayan sea salt forever? What about real salt? So we're gonna get into a little bit of that as well, and I'm just gonna encourage you to do your research, but I will link up some places for you to go to learn a little bit more. Okay, let's get into today's episode. Hey, welcome to today's episode. We're gonna jump right into three ways to hack your sleep. This is a method called the 3-2-1 method. I did not come up with this method. Dr. Stephen Cabral did. I'm gonna link his information in the show notes because he's a fascinating guy and he is absolutely brilliant. But here's the method. So what is 3-2-1 Three, the three stands for stop eating three hours before you go to bed. At least, four is even better, five is even better. However, you can also get a blood sugar dip, I do. If I go too long before bed, if I go a full five hours without going to bed, I may wake up at three, four in the morning with a little bit of low blood sugar. So for me, between three and four hours is a sweet spot, but that's what the three stands for. Why do you stop eating? three hours before bed. Well, your body needs time to digest that meal before you go to bed. Think of it like this. If all of the systems that it takes to actually digest your food, so it takes blood flow, it takes oxygenation, it takes peristalsis, so the moving of the digestive system, right? It takes several different processes to actually digest your food. If you eat 30 minutes before going to bed or an hour before going to bed, by the way, there's other reasons for this, but this to me is one of the the, the easiest to understand and I think the most interesting. So if you eat 30 minutes to an hour before bed, all of those processes are busy working to digest your food instead of allowing you to relax because the main part of the digestion has already happened. Does that make sense? I hope that kind of brings a good picture to your mind. Oh, my body actually needs time to break things down so that it can actually shuttle the blood and the oxygenation and all of the other things to what is needed most, help my brain to relax and to rest and to settle instead of being in this state of digestion, right? We don't need that as we're trying to sleep. So three hours before bed, at a minimum four hours if you can, but that's the three in the three, two, one method. Two, two hours before bed, stop drinking water. Now I have to say, as you get older, oftentimes the bladder gets smaller and it gets more difficult to get through the night without having to get up and use the bathroom. So a trick to getting your water in earlier in the day, at least a good part of it, So a good rule of thumb is half of your body weight in ounces of water a day. So you weigh 150 pounds, you're gonna need about 75 ounces of water More if you're in a really dry, humid environment, maybe, or if you are exercising and you sweat a lot. Remember, we also sweat at night and there's evaporation that happens. So even if you don't wake up in a pool of sweat, you are still sweating at night. So your body is always getting rid of water, right? So again, dry, humid environment that may happen even more in the evenings. But that's a good rule of thumb so if you take half your body weight we'll take the 150 pound example so 75 ounces in water and you take half of that and put it by noon so saying that i will get the first half of my water intake for the day in by noon is so helpful i started doing this and i can't believe the difference that it made. I was getting up that it made. I was getting up two to three times in the middle of the night to use the bathroom but now I stop drinking by six now I go to bed at nine so I could essentially stop drinking by seven but my goal has been six a few nights it has been seven and I notice I still maybe I only get up once if I stop drinking by seven but I found that if I didn't front load my water like that or not front load like you're getting most of it by noon but at least half of it by noon and then for me I'm shutting it off by six between six and seven it's amazing how I just don't have to get up and use the bathroom as much that gives your body time so that you can go to the bathroom a few times before before you go to bed and you may find that that keeps you from having to get up at all. So that's the 2 in the 321 method. Okay, what's the 1? The 1 is to shut down all blue light 1 hour before bed. So if you've been listening here or listening to other podcasts like this, you probably know the effects of blue light, especially the later into the evening we go, the effects on our circadian rhythm. Blue light mimics the sun. So it basically tells your body, hey, it's it's daytime. It's time to get going. It's time to get moving. It's time to get working. It's time to get exercising. So you are revved up with blue light. What is blue light? Well, blue light comes from your cell phone. It comes from your laptop. It comes from your television screen. So those are just some examples of blue light. We typically will be watching TV. Now my husband and I go to bed by nine. We'll typically be watching TV between eight and nine, but <laughs> the, the TV is on a pretty dim backlit. Now it's still blue light. It is still blue light, but it's not bright and it is across the room. If it were up to him, the TV would be brighter, but we can't figure out how to make that happen on this TV, and I'm okay with that, because I don't want a bright TV. Even his phone screen, anytime during the day, it is as bright as you can possibly get it, and mine is on, what is it called? True Tone, whatever it is, where it's just a little more yellowy, and it, it's just it, it's just easier on my eyes, but all that said, it would be better if we didn't watch TV at all, but our goal is to at least not be on our phone. I'm never on my computer at that time of night or a tablet or anything, but so for us, it's mostly TV. So my goal is no phone between eight and nine, so one hour before I go to bed. So that should be yours as well. No phone, no computer, no tablet. If you are watching TV, make sure it is dimmed. If your TV has a blue light setting, to offset that blue light I don't even know if TVs have that but if it does find out because that would be great or even some blue blocker glasses could be could be very helpful perfect world we wouldn't be looking at any blue light one hour before bed so do the best you can so that is the three two one method again to recap three hours before bed not another bite two hours before bed not another drink of water. If you have to take a little sip here and there, I typically do. There's some supplements I take like right before bed that's just a sip, but it's not a guzzle. It's not even a big gulp. It's just enough to get down my, my supplements. And then one is no blue light one hour before bed. Okay, I hope that was helpful. On to our next topic, pink Himalayan sea salt. Why should you be concerned? I'm not sure if you're getting the right amount of magnesium every single day, but because up to 75% of the US adult population is not, I wanted to talk to you about this crucial electrolyte for just a moment in case you're in that percentage as well. So magnesium supports over 300 essential functions in the body, including our physical response to stress, fatigue, nerve, and muscle health. It helps to regulate mood and it helps with rest and relaxation. Now, I found a product that not only has magnesium in it, but it also has GABA and L-theanine, which have also been shown to help with deep restorative rest. In combination with over 70 trace minerals, I love everything about this product, especially if you struggle with melatonin, Maybe your sleep isn't great and melatonin makes you a little tired the next day. This doesn't have melatonin, so you're going to wake up feeling very refreshed without any of that groggy feeling. I would love for you to go check it out and get a discount. You're going to use the code Lou at checkout. Go to HelloNed.com. The product is called mellow and lavender berry is my very favorite flavor. It's delicious. It's a powder. You mix it in a little bit of water very easily about an hour before you go to bed and you're just going to feel a sense of calm and relaxation and sleep great. So go to helloned.com. Use the code Lisa Lou for a discount. Here's the thing. This is new to me. I just learned about this and I went to do some fact checking because I'm like, really? Pink Himalayan sea salt? But it really really makes sense there are to mine the pink Himalayan sea salt. I'm not going to say every company does this. So what you want to do, let's say you love your pink Himalayan sea salt, go look at how the company mines it. And I will be linking up in the show notes, some places for you to go. Uh, I found a lady who's actually been doing research and reporting on this since 2017. She backs it all up. It is amazing. She even puts how much lead is, has been found in each of these salts. Yes, there is lead and many pink himalayan sea salt and uranium and aluminum far beyond what is safe why well it turns out for them to mine pink himalayan sea salt again maybe not your company i actually right before this podcast was doing a little more looking and i found a company who claims to do it by hand they said we have no explosive materials in our salt so again do your own research but they mine salt by using explosives well what happens to those explosives do they just disappear into the air do they just you know melt away no they end up in the salt it actually really makes sense this was actually a a TikTok that someone shared with me i don't know if it went viral i don't even remember looking at how many hits it got it needs to because this girl got stopped by the airport security when something in her bag went off and she had pink Himalayan sea salt in there and it tested positive for explosives. The security came and they had to, I don't know if it was a full interrogation, but it was a little bit of a to-do for them to figure out she wasn't trying to bring explosives on the plane. But isn't that fascinating so knowledge is power what I saw people commenting under there was I give up nothing's safe anymore I get it I get that tendency to be like really I thought I was doing good by using this stuff and now you're telling me that's bad too I so get the overwhelm please understand I do but try to change your perspective and just be like huh okay interesting I've been using that need to stop using that or at least do my research and make sure the one that I'm using mines their salt by hand. Real salt is another one that actually does contain lead. Now the company that I saw, there was a video, I didn't watch the video, but I read what was underneath They do mention that there is naturally occurring lead in salt and theirs is safe, but what I'm going to link up for you, the lady that I told you about, I'm so sorry, I can't remember her name right now, but that really has a lot of details. She has their parts per billion of, of lead in there. I don't want that in my body. I'm sure you don't want that in yours and I know you don't want it in your kids, okay? Also at this point, you may be thinking, how do I get this out of my body? So there are metal tests that you can take and then there's protocols. I'm not going to go into that on this episode if enough people reach out. On Instagram, DM me, and you want me to go deeper with that. I'm certainly happy to do that in another episode, but you can definitely find some heavy metal testing that you can do right at home, and then there are protocols to help move that out of your body if that's something that you're concerned about. Maybe you're thinking, because believe me, we're getting heavy metals from more than just our salt. It's the combination of all of the things, right? They all add up, but this is one that seems very... Gosh, innocent, right? It's it's so good for you. So the link that I'm going to give you that this lady names all these resources and and talks about how much lead is in each one. She gives her top 5 with the least amount of lead and she even tells you the one that she gets for her family. So I'm going to link that up in the show notes. I personally went and purchased one of those it was right on amazon super simple it's on its way here now um because i i didn't want to go try and search all over town for it and that's important enough to me because we we do use salt. Uh, salt is incredible and very very beneficial for the body. The right kind of salt. So you know your iodized salt, your table salt, the salt that you're getting, you know, at at um, restaurants. You want to be careful. You want to do your research on that as well. Of course, if you've been told you have hypertension, you want to be careful with that. I'm not saying salt is right for you. What I am saying is the body desperately needs sodium, and when you are eating a whole food diet, when you are cooking most of your food, when you are not eating processed packaged products, if that is you, you are likely low on your electrolytes. When you're low on electrolytes, one of them is sodium. There's also magne- magnesium and potassium, but sodium is one of them. So we actually can do our bodies harm by not salting our food, especially if we are eating a really clean diet that's a great thing to eat a clean diet but we need to be salting our food so that we're not low on sodium there's other ways to get in electrolytes of course but salt also tastes amazing and it's there's tremendous benefits for the body again if you're not hypertensive if your doctor has not told you to stay away from it i'm not telling you to go against your doctor i am saying always do your research always do your research. Okay, that's it. There's your PSA for today. I hope you enjoyed that 3 one method. I will link Dr. Stephen Cabral, just so you can go check him out. He's amazing. And I will also link uh, where you can go learn a little bit more about the different salts, how much lead is in them, and you can make the decision for you and your family. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, be sure to share this with a friend. Like, this is important information, right? We want our friends to sleep well. We wanna sleep well, and we definitely wanna make sure that our friends are not consuming foods And, uh, well, salt. We want to make sure our friends are not consuming salt. (laughs) That is bad for them. So knowledge is power. Again, do your research. I am not the authority on this, but I find it interesting. I find it compelling enough to go ahead and pass this information on to you because I love you and I care. That's it for today. See you next time.